So yes, a lot of narcissistic people will withhold sex and physical intimacy as a form of control. And if you're new here, I am a narcissist. I have narcissistic personality disorder. So I've said this before, but like for a non-narcissistic person, you are connected to other people through intimacy, through physical contact, through um, emotions and things like that. But for a narcissistic person like myself, control is the connection. We literally want to control everything about you, your finances, your your your, your schedule, everything, including your sex life. So we'll get you to the point at first where we're doing it a whole lot and then we'll just completely take it away as a form of control uh, over you. You know how much power it gives somebody to deny a person that like you you want them, you're pining for it and they're just like, no, leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm, I'm too busy. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not in the mood. Control is the connection. And sometimes a narcissistic person will be completely disconnected from you to the point where they don't want to do with you any, anymore anyway. They'll completely cut you off because now they have control over you and they don't need to do it anymore. Hope this helps. Wow. So for a narcissist, control is intimacy. That's their form of intimacy. That's how they get intimate. By being in control. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason. You know him. He's in the building right now speaking in third person. It's Zoe Williams. Live from KBLA Talk 1580 in the heart of Lamert Park. We got a crazy topic for you tonight. And what's really interesting about, I would say about 45, maybe 45 47% of my topics come from sisters. And although sisters have been stepping up their call-in game, sisters have been calling. They've been calling the show. Sisters really lay back in the cut and send me their topics. They talk about this, though. <laughs> and I think they know. They be like, yeah, talk about this. <laughs> and I'm going to do it. The sister's topic, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The art of withholding sex as a weapon. Uh, dude, okay, I, I want to hear from people. Please call in and share your testimony. This is a non-judgmental space. Your experience your life lived matters here. I want you to share. There will be no judgment. You know, even if I don't agree with you, I still won't judge you for thinking and believing the way that you do. But it's quite interesting. Does this happen a lot? For me, I see it as an over-evaluation of the sex. You think your sex that fire? That you can withhold it? Listen here. It better be sunshine from Harlem Nights. I better be able to throw it up in the air and it better be able to turn into sunshine. If it turns into moonlight, I'm moonlighting on this relationship. 1-800-920-1580. Somebody call me right now. And the sister, she broke down so many different topics. She said, yeah, okay. You thought you had it on lock. No, sir. The art of withholding the yoni, leveraging the, the yoni. If I don't get this, if you don't change, if this doesn't happen, if we don't reach this benchmark, I'm taking the yoni off the table. 
girl, you better leave that yoni right where it is. You understand me? You better leave it right where it sits now. (laughs) 1-800-920-1580. I really want to know your thoughts on this. And then she gave me another topic. No money, no yoni. Withholding the yoni if he doesn't pay to play. Now, I don't want to hear from no women saying, oh, Joe is being mean to the ladies again. He's very harsh on the women. Sister, a sister wrote this now. I didn't come up with this. And then she has another one. Woo. (laughs) What does she have that I ain't got? Go where you been getting it at. The yoni is closed over here. That sounds like some smart withholding. Oh, this sister came up with all of this. I didn't come up with this. And I'm really interested to know, does withholding in your relationship happens all that often? For a lot of people that I talked to today about this topic, they say they go through stints of it. People are actually in relationship leveraging intimacy as if sex is the only type of intimacy there is. However, in researching the topic, I see that a lot of people withhold communication. I just won't talk to you. I'm guilty of it. Oh, yes, it's one of my favorites. Um, listen, listen, at my age, right now, like back in the day, I was an explainer. I'd be splaining. <laughs> I'd be, listen, see, what had happened was I, I had left my keys, but I had a spare key, and then I gave that key to the homeboy. Listen, as I got older, I started to recognize that, you know, the, the more I read uh, the uh the more experiences I went through, I started to understand. It makes no sense to explain anything to an unwilling ear. So that was part of my maturation. I was like, I I don't have to, I don't, you think that? Okay, cool. Think on. And then I would, you know, back then, boy, Zoe in his 30s, Oh, I would seed your foolishness. Oh, you think that? I would give you <laughs> I would give you examples and I would talk to really exacerbate your thoughts. Yeah, oh, you really think that? Okay, I'm gonna give you something to think about. I had that mind on a hamster wheel all night long. I swear for Jesus. I... But then I grew up and I realized I can, I can no longer continue to do that either. That's what relationships are for. It's for growing up. And many people don't understand. You can't grow up if you're not learning about yourself. Here we go. Here are the questions. What are some examples of withholding feelings? I noticed in my research today, people withhold their feelings. I, I won't be warm and considerate and gentle and i won't even vibe because you know so good relationships the vibe is always on and yes it goes through whatever 
you know, it might be more intense or less intense. But when y'all really locked in, the vibe is kind of the last thing to leave. But if you could turn the vibe off like a water faucet, you withholding the vibe? Yeah, this is happening in real life relationships. What is withholding communication? True or false, you will never receive love by withholding it. But many people do. Many parents withhold love from their children based on performance. I'm really disappointed. Let's get into guilt and shame. Let's really shut you down. I won't be the parent that, you know, you've grown to love and appreciate because you've upset me. And until you reach a particular benchmark in behavior or attitude or some other metric, I'm going to withhold love. There's some parents that do it. 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines right now. I want to talk to folk. True or false? We block love by withholding it. That's a heavy statement. If you withhold love, you're blocking love at the same time. You can't receive while you're hold. Oh, wow. While you're holding. We know that the other person wants our love. And by withholding it through various forms of attack or attitudes of resentment, we try to teach a lesson. Oof. You, you telling me parents don't do that? 1-800-920-1580. We believe that by making things uncomfortable enough for the other person that he or she will change. I'm going to make it uncomfortable. <laughs> That's tough. But even if the behavior does change, which is unlikely, you will not get what you really want which is always the experience of more love. You can't get love through punishment. And I'm telling you, that yoni, be, that yoni you got, it better be better than a Krispy Kreme on a Friday morning on my way to work. You understand me? <laughs> it better be good if you're going to withhold it from me to change me in any way, shape, or fashion. 1-800-920-1580. The voice of reason is on fire tonight. When I come forward, we've got more questions. Callers, get in here. Let's talk. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah. My playlist is my co-host. Sierra and them goodies. Gosh. Does this happen in relationships often where the goodies are held hostage because you don't like your husband's behavior? You don't like your significant other's behavior? Hmm? Uh, Maybe he forgot your birthday. Maybe he forgot some important date. And then you get an attitude and you withhold the loving. Yeah. And I know women, men do it too. Come on. We might do it in a different way. I think women might hold the goodies, withhold the goodies. 
But I think men withhold communication. Because, sisters, have you noticed that when your old man is around his friends, how talkative he is? Well, see, that ain't you see what happened was LeBron, when he came from Cleveland, see, he changed his game because what had happened, he got all the breakdowns. LeBron is number one in turnovers in the NBA and NBA history, and that's because, you know, he's ball dominant and he's <laughs> can't play with his back to the basket. And he's talking, but then when he get home, <laughs> he don't talk. Now, I've coached a lot of couples, and a lot of women have, you know, stated, I can't get him to open up and share. Do you think this is by design? I don't know. Some men might withhold conversation, especially after that sister done worked on him for a little while. They've been together for a while. He has a level of comfort with her. And then she does something that makes him mad or, you know, can I say piss? Pisses him off. Right. And then he withholds. True or false, withholding contact is something your partner could do that could make you feel worse than hearing their verbal abuse. Oof. You do know hugging and looking each other in the eyes and, and, and cuddling and canoodling and whatnot. That builds oxytocin, right? That, that's, that builds some bonding. But if you withhold that, you know the relationship will suffer. Agree or disagree, withholding only creates more withholding. You begin to believe that resentment and attack works. And so you do more of it. At the same time, you are teaching the other person that this is the way. So you both grow colder to each other over time with more resentment and then it could possibly become even more violent. Uh, now, how can love survive in such a situation? True or false? Can you be deprived of intimacy in your relationship? Now, when I say that, I'm asking this question from an intentional space. Can you intentionally say, I'm not going to be intimate? And if so, how often does this happen? I'll ask another question. Can you be deprived of healthy, listen, healthy communication? I don't want to agree with you. I've been in arguments with folk where they just don't want to agree. They don't want to work by having Sound communication, respectful communication. I used to say this all the time, and I used it as a justification to pop off. Oh, you don't respect the peace process. See, this is how my Gemini mind works. I will come to you first and say, hey, things are out of whack. Let's talk through it. Let's see what we can do to get a better understanding. If you turn down, if you turn down them, them white feathers from the peace pigeon, <laughs> you turn down the white feathers. 
we're going to have a problem. Then I'll take it in my head and go, oh, okay, disrespect is the, <laughs> is the way then. Okay, fine. You can't disrespect the peace process. In many relationships, somebody said the ballot or the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm X. <laughs> uh, so I think sometimes people intentionally withhold healthy communication because they're mad at you. And, they, uh, and because they're mad, they justify being mad. by, And they justify saying, I don't have to talk to you. I won't talk to you. Now, that's different from saying, hey, I'm not in a good space right now. I don't think we should have this conversation. Can we table this conversation until the emotions settle down and then we can revisit it? That's different than, you know what, I'm going to intentionally shut off the communicative valve here. And I'm not going to give you any more explanations. I'm just not going to talk. I think that's unfair. And now that's starting to be contextualized as a type of abuse. So the silent treatment could be just as abusive as verbal abuse. 1-800-920-1580. Come on, talk to me. I see the callers coming in. Can you be deprived of understanding? in your relationship. It's happened to me. <laughs> I can't lie to you this evening. It happened to me. Again, this is why I don't like explaining to the unwilling ear. It happened to me. I'll explain anything you need. You need clarity? You want to talk? I talk for a living. Let's talk. But... If you're already fist clenched, your heels dug in, and you got it in your mind, it don't matter what you say. Right? <laughs> Some people withhold understanding. Oh, here's a big one. Can you be deprived of grace? Oh, Lord. Because you hear people, you know how many people been saying what I've been saying? I've been saying this stuff for years and years and years. And I guess they figure, oh, he's on a smaller platform. So I guess we can go to, you know, his platform and listen to what he has to say and then take what he says to a bigger platform so it can look like we said it. But I've been saying work in progress. Whip. I've been saying it for 20 years. We're all whips, works in progress, right? I've been saying it for so long, and I've put it in context. People agree to things in the beginning of the relationship when, uh, you know, <laughs> the hormones are at a all-time high, and there's that feel-good glaze all over the relationship. We agree to things because in the beginning of the relationship, sure, we, we, we believe these things. We think, yes, this is what we want. But there's also that underlining, I don't want to show the dark side of myself. I don't want to show what my issues are because I may lose the person. So I've always been an advocate of saying, Go back 36 months after, you know, at, that's 18 months twice. Go back 36 months and see if you still 
agree with what you agreed to and have these conversations with your partner. When I agreed to this, I had just met you. It was the summer of, put in the year, it was the summer of, you were at Venice Beach. You had on some really nice jean shorts. <laughs> you, know, you were in a haze when you met. Then, then, we, <laughs> then we went to Del Taco. I got you a, a bean and cheese, a burrito. <laughs> you know, it, it, during that time, yes, it's easy to agree to things. But as you as the relationship matures, I think it's all it, it, it's really a good idea to go back and kind of like look at those agreements and look at how you've changed since you've agreed to them. And if you've changed to the point where the agreement is no longer in alignment with your spirit. Now's the time to talk about it. Grace, can you be deprived of grace? race it's like understanding i don't want to understand i don't want to forgive i don't care if you're a work in progress when we come forward zoe williams the voice of reason is going to his infamous infamous phone lines we got folks on the line they want to talk about it when we come forward we're going to see how much they have to talk He's on fire tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. The voice of reason, that's Janet Jackson. 1986. Control. But I don't think Janet was talking about controlling other people. She was talking about taking control of her life. And this song would be indicative of setting healthy boundaries. She was like, Joe, you're not going to manage me no more. The, them three albums you did when you managed them, it was terrible. Let me do it, Joe. I got it. No more managing, Joe. She took control of her life. Now, what's amazing is people seem to miss this part about intimate relationships. Who Janet became as an artist when she took control of her career do you know she has to kind of be that same kind of person? See, let me tell you something about business. Business will reveal to you, yes, of course, this is your vision. This is, you have to be in control. You got to make sure everything comes out right. Yes, I get it. And you could be a bit of a control freak in that sense. But in relationships, this is how you can apply Janet's message to your relationships. You still got to be an individual. You still got to do what's right for you, what's best for you. Many people lose sight of that because of something called emotional enmeshment, where they get so wrapped up with a person. This is how the narcissist can use withholding because many people who get taken advantage of by a narcissist have low self-esteem. They don't want to be alone. So they tend to now start to mold around this person's demands. Janet was assertive about where she wanted to go and what she wanted to do. And she saw that her father's vision for her career was incongruent with her own. How many people don't get out of a relationship? Do you know Janet got out of the business relationship with her daddy? She broke up with her daddy as a manager. No, Joe. No, no, no. No more of your harsh tactics. No more. 
Now, I, I know you made Michael what he is. A couple of whoopings here and there. Jehovah's Witness. No, no disrespect to the Jehovah's Witness. We like Furpro Carr. But I'm just saying, she was able to say, no, I'm going to carve out my own space. And healthy relationships allow for you to carve out your own space. Uh, and a lot of people don't know how to do that. So tonight, man, we're going into it. What are the psychological effects of withholding affection, withholding communication, withholding grace, withholding understanding, withholding empathy? Wow. Withholding money. How about that? Huh? 1-800-9-2015-8. Let's get these callers up in here. Bowman, Grand Prairie, Texas. You're the first on the map. Talk to me, brother. What's up, Zoe? How you feeling? I'm alive and well, brother. Whether we like to admit or not, in my opinion, so a, a lot of us have a capitalist mindset, and we tend to abandon how others feel, and we can uh, deprive others of uh, sharing ourselves with them. Some people don't even know how to communicate to their partner how they feel, or they just don't want to in general. And I think what it can lead to is um, – the hardening of that person and they could tend to step out of the relationship. Oh, so in being controlled, cause that's what Arabia said that today. I'm going to cheat on you. That's what I'm going to do. Withhold from me. See what happened. That's Arabia told me that today while we was working on the show. Arabia said, Oh, you cheat. You hold, you withholding. I'm going to go get it from somewhere. I've seen it. That's what, that's what she said. Now I did. Did you say it or not? Arabia? Arabia? I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> And here's the funny part. There's a I just happened to stumble upon this the other day. Uh, there's an actual website called Cuddle Comfort that what? people can go on and register to yes to actually cuddle with people. There's professional cuddle therapists out there if they're lacking a sense of touch and comfort and cuddle with somebody because they're being deprived of that in their relationship or just society uh, with male and female relationships in general. Wait, yes. say say the say thing. the website again. Cuddlecomfort.com. Cuddlecomfort.com. Is it made? Because uh, it's got to be all women for me. Because you know sometimes I get lonely. You know. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. Sometimes you want to get hugged on. <laughs> this is true. A lot of these relationships are lacking that. Oh, what? It's about what can you do for me? Really? Arabia went to the website. There it is. Get a cuddle buddy today. We'll find you a a cuddle buddy so you can start a friendship based on cuddling without any expectations of something else. What? We yeah. should set up a field trip and go to cuddle. Do they come to you? Don't tell me it's like Instacart hugs. What? I think I think so. I think you can host or you can be a guest in somebody's home. Nah, so man. All right. Nah, yeah. I'm cool. See, Bowman, how you know this stuff? See, Bowman. Because I was on YouTube. <laughs> nah, Bowman. It's a spiritual Bowman. thing, though. This show is not by coincidence. Wee. So on YouTube, yeah. you found the cuddle people. And now, <laughs> it, have you? So ever... it popped up in recommended videos. 
the other yeah, day. He said, that's and your algorithm. What you been looking at? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. So, but again, a lot of people are lacking intimacy in their relationships. And sometimes intimacy is just being able to be to be in a conversation with one another, right? Without judgment. Being being a, being a great listener, right? I'm not here to fix your problems. I'm here to just listen to you. I'm here to be your sounding board. That's a part of intimacy. And boy, if you're lacking it, you're telling me that what Arabia told me earlier about she finna go cheat. This would this be considered a type of emotional cheating? I think so. But wow. I mean, hey, it's it's all here. <laughs> Wait, it's the web all here, so. How much do the do the cuddles cost? Are they free? You know, Bowman, I hope so. Bowman, but if not, you know, you, they say professional. <laughs> how how do you get certified to be a professional hugger? <laughs> I don't know. Man, Bowman, I tell you, man, you come with the most outlandish stuff, man. I, I appreciate it. And it's real. <laughs> Bowman, you brought Grand yeah. Prairie, Texas in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call us at 1-800-920-1580. This is deep. Somebody said, uh, in Zynga, in the chat room, says, the site is free. Do what, What's our, okay, when I come forward, I'm going to go back to Oakland, California, because Sean... And his better half, they've been in a relationship for a really long time. See, Sean, I'm trying to say all of the stuff that you say so you ain't got to say it, so you get right to what you want to say. So Sean and his better half, they, they've been in a relationship a long time. they married. He's white. He's a white guy. And he comes with real insight. He, he's navigated things. He's a Leo. You understand? We know you, Sean. When we come forward, the legendary Sean is going to get in here and bring town business in the building. Is it good to you? Good to you. More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward. I'm your pride dancer. Come on. You're not getting the cuddling at home. Said, I don't look at their faces. I keep my mind on the money. The private dancer. What is the name of the website? Cuddlebuddy.com. What is it? <laughs> the voice of reason has returned. That is the legendary Tina Turner. Private dancer. I dance for money. Do what you want me to do. <laughs> Listen, this is where cheating comes from. I think with if you withholding, if you do it too much, can lead to some dastardly problems in your relationships. The phone lines are cracking right now. Let's get folks in here, man. People want to talk. Let's get people in here. People want to talk. Let's hear what they have to say. Sean! Oakland, California, yay area. Talk to us, brother. Hey, brother, when you withhold and you're just not saying anything, you know, then you leave it up to the other person to make assumptions. 
Mm. That's the first thing I would say. The other thing is, you know, um, you know, nobody's putting up with somebody trying to control another anymore. You know, that's if you're trying to control somebody, it's like chasing your own tail in the world today. Mm. And I mean that seriously, you know, and, and the thing about not, you know, you don't have to tell everybody everything. That's not what I'm saying. But you miss opportunities if you're not trying to, you know, communicate with whomever it is you want to have a little bit longer of a relationship or maybe a very long relationship. You know, um, you, you're missing opportunities. That's my biggest thing is you never know what's going to go with the flow. You know, not sound like Bruce Lee, you know, flow like water, but... You never know what's going to break out of that if you just go ahead and say it. Right. You don't have to give away all your secrets, but you, but you know, go ahead and and say, hey, break the the seal and, and talk to your person because otherwise they think you have a predetermined expectation mm. or an agenda. Because women, I, you know, I'm going to admit this. I mean, they they're very smart. They'll know. Oh, there must be something you're hiding. Mm. And you may not be hiding anything, but the fact of the matter is if you don't talk and you don't let them know some things you like or you don't like or just talk to them, just open up, they're going to make some assumptions that you may not uh, like. And then it breaks down. Ara so communication. Uh, Sean, yeah. Arabia yes. agrees with you. She is back here oh. amening and hemming and ha Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Platinum. Oh. <laughs> she well, agrees with you, brother. Well, tell her thank you. And thank you. I'm telling you thank you. And, you know, non-disclosure is like the worst thing if you're in a relationship. You know, if someone asks you a question, answer it and answer it um, honestly, you know, no matter what, because mm -hmm. once you try to screw around with it, they will figure it out. Women will figure that out in one quick microsecond. <laughs> yes, they will. I'm so sick of women and they superpowers. Hey, thank you. Sean. <laughs> we appreciate Thanks, you, brother. <laughs> Listen, the voice of reason is on fire tonight. I need to know, have you withheld? Have you been withheld against in your relationships? Sean touched on something that is quite powerful when he talked about disclosure. In relationship, there is a, an, an ideation, a concept called disclosure reciprocity, better known as self-disclosure reciprocity. It is the process by which an individual unveils personal information as a response to the disclosure of another individual. Right? This is about this is about intimacy. If I tell you something deep about me, if you're human, it should trigger something in you to be like, "Yo, I can totally relate because I Do you see what I'm saying? I went through something similar." This is how you build intimacy. But I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of people, to, uh, listen, a lot of people's mask is like Bitcoin. They done put so much money into that Bitcoin. That mask cost. And, and listen, at all costs, they're going to maintain the mask if they can. And this is why a lot of relationships break down over time. When I come forward, 
Oh, I can keep oh, cool, Good, good, good. Okay, cool. We got callers all over the country. Sean was in Oakland. And now we're going to zip over to Hawaii. Gerald, talk to us, Gerald. Aloha, Zoe. Aloha. I, I caught your show. And yeah, um, I totally agree. Um, I was a victim of, of non intimacy. And, you know, one thing that I learned was without transparency, how can you how can you have accountability? How can you be vulnerable? But in my case, I was a young serviceman uh, stationed in the Northern California, served in the Air Force, and I was a new father. So from my perspective, I was going to do whatever I needed to do for my family because I was raised with a certain standard of character and morality. Mm. But unfortunately... I come to learn that you could come in, be you can give them your whole story, be an open book. If they're not willing to receive it, they can't protect it. Wait, wait. And unfortunately, Ooh, I wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Hold on. You gotta let that breathe for a second. If they're not re- willing to receive it, they're not going to protect it. Gerald, hold tight. When we come forward, we going back to Hawaii. We got to stay over there a little longer. The vacation got to be longer than just a few minutes. I know he's got some more to talk about on that point there. Do what you want me to do. I'm your private dancer. Dancer for money. Of reason. Of reason. We are talking about a very real and very confusing and humiliating tactic that narcissists use. Um, Today we're talking about why the narcissist will withhold love and affection or sex. In today's video, I'm going to give you my top five reasons that narcissists withhold sex from their partner. Number one, everything that the narcissist does is about power and control. Nothing is more important to a narcissist than gaining control over his or her partner. So typically in the beginning of the relationship, the narcissist will get us hooked uh, on them by love bombing us. And typically uh, sex will be a big part of this. It's not uncommon for the sex to be really wonderful as well, um, especially in the beginning. And usually the narcissist makes us feel like we have met our soulmate. Then all of a sudden, after several weeks or months of this, they start rejecting us. We are left confused, hurt, bewildered, and many times humiliated by this rejection. Usually this will throw us into overdrive of trying to get to the bottom of it, figure out what has happened, what has changed, why are they rejecting us? And the answer is it has nothing to do with us. This is a power play and has nothing to do with anything that we have or haven't done. The only reason the narcissist is doing this is because it makes them feel superior and they enjoy the narcissistic supply that they gain from hurting you and watching you struggle. Number two, narcissists will withhold sex from a partner as part of the devalue cycle. This is almost always part of the devalue stage. Nothing gets the message across to a partner that you aren't worthy or desirable more than rejecting a partner sexually. 
Also, narcissists know that by doing this, you will become consumed with getting the loving, wonderful version of them back that you had in the beginning. And that is incredibly important to the narcissist as they are conditioning us to become preoccupied with their needs, wants, and desires, and to think of yourself less and less and less. Again, this is about gaining control and power over their partner. Number three, they enjoy seeing you frustrated and confused. Unfortunately, having the power to upset you, confuse you, and hurt you is narcissistic supply for a narcissist. And narcissistic supply is the drug they are addicted to. You must remember, narcissistic supply in its simplest form is the attention of others that makes them feel special. So while narcissists typically prefer positive narcissistic supply from a target in the form of love, praise, and adoration, when they are bored of that, they unfortunately enjoy extracting supply out of a victim in the form of hurt, confusion, frustration, and even anger, because that is still your attention that makes them feel special. If they hold the power to hurt you and humiliate you by rejecting you, that does indeed make them feel powerful and special. Number four, they may- Yikes. Yikes. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason returns for the second hour. Wow, what are the psychological effects of withholding affection? And what's interesting is, although uh, the young lady in the video or in the clip is breaking down the narcissistic withholder, we have to be clear about the stats on that. So according to the stats here, uh, uh, let's see, the uh, recoveryvillage.com says approximately 0.5% of the United States population, or one in 200 people, have uh, this disorder, narcissism, NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. But this is where the rubber meets the road here. There are significant gender differences when it comes to the prevalence of the disorder. About 75% of people with narcissistic personality disorder are men. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Put private dancer back on. Uh, no. <laughs> Let's get Gerald from Honolulu back in here. Gerald. You left us with a bombshell, hey, brother. You left, you left us with a bombshell. You said if they can't accept it, they won't protect it? Go deeper no, into won't. that, please. Okay. Well, what I meant by that is we live in a world, I'm referring to 2023, is you have people that have a mindset of want, but they don't know how to differentiate what they need. Why I say that is because to identify what you need, you got to first be vulnerable within yourself to have that conversation to even set up correction. Most people, not all, won't do the work. And that's why we're seeing the ripple effects in today's society. That is why the genders are at difference. That's why the families are fragmented, because it 
requires for the person to be transparent. And we, I mean, Zoe, you and I have a lot in common. I'm 53, uh, you know, and as you know, in a different, in our upbringing, there was no context of emotion. We were Gen X. We we had to figure it out. We were latchkey kids. Right. And most Gen kids are very, very talented. But think about it from this perspective. Only a small fragment of those Gen X folks actually reached the level of who they were destined to be. Mm. Majority of them have taken a position of more or less making excuses, being bitter. And and I say that very, very subtly because it's it's sad. It's very sad because um not to put myself out there, uh I'm on YouTube as well. I had to deal with I wanna say depression from my failed relationship because I genuinely loved my daughter's mom. I mean, if she had asked me to walk on water, I would have tried because it wasn't about me. It was about my daughter and sustaining the, the structure that was required. And so when you speak on, or when the clip spoke on uh, the effects of narcissism, yes, unfortunately, from the male gender, a lot of times we have to carry that in our emotional backpack. So when I went through that whole debauchery, the first thing I did was take a step back, make sure that what I was experiencing wasn't, wasn't something that was self-induced. Instead of using the proverbial option of getting over someone to get under someone, I turn to my faith. I'm a, I'm a spiritual man, mm-hmm. and um, I'm on YouTube. And so my position, I talk about humanity because what's at stake is the future generations that will come. Unfortunately, I've, I'm going to say this very respectfully. I have never done anything to justify the behavior that I endure, even to the point for – I could not see my daughter, but just believe she marched right down to uh, the courts in Fairfield and strung me up. And guess what? I took that on the chin because what was at stake was my daughter. Mm. I didn't want my story to have the, I didn't want my daughter to go through the, the one thing I never wanted is, was my daughter to be reared from, only one parent when you have two that are walking and talking, there should be a unified front. But the truth of the matter was sadly, like I remember on other places you have been on and been on and you say, that's the SIM card. And I'm not saying that derogatory, but she was very, very manipulative to the point. Like I walk in transparency. So I have no regrets because the one thing that I've ever I've always done was to turn every stone in my life so that at least I know that I tried. But once again, it's not about me. It's about the legacy of my daughter, and she's good to go. Well, unfortunately, 
I missed out on all her upbringing after the age of five. Thank goodness, uh, since I've, I've been in Hawaii uh, for now almost three years, and even between that period of time, I can't tell you how many emails I've tried to send. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've tried to use the extended family to, you know, I was, I was, it, it, it was really bad for me because I was the dad that every birthday, every holiday, I want you to know that even though I physically am not there, you are loved. Mm. But because of the influence of her mom, you know, the one thing I had to learn was, when a child's in a situation such as that, the one thing that they're not going to do is disrespect what what is considered their living constant. How are they going to look at them sleight of eye when they they're the one that established the their mindset, their mentality, and their behavior because they were there the whole time? Which, on the flip side, as the absentee parent, not by choice, you don't have a voice. So you don't know what conversations were being held. You don't know what behaviors were being shown. You know, and, and, and it was so sad. But I can tell you this. Every, I mean, still to the, my, my daughter is 22. And, you know, she's on my, she's every, I made sure she had everything she needed. Mm. She's still on my medical benefits still to this day. Why? Even though I don't get to smell her fragrance, touch her hand, you best believe that what won't be said is, hey, even though he wasn't there, he tried to do the best he can. And I'm going to tell you what, you know how California is. I was my support. I should have had five kids for the amount of money that I was, I was given. Mm. I was, and guess what? I, because I didn't want my daughter to want. So I know that the most high, when he sees fit, all this, what, I, what I've had to endure is preparation for the blessing that when she gets to see me face-to-face -face for the first time. She knows where I'm at, wherever. And, and you're talking to a person that has, when I say globally traveled, I have, you're talking to that guy. Mm -hmm. the, the things that women desire in men, I embody it. But you know what my greatest accolade is? Is my humility, my temperance. And my faith. Wow. Because if without those three, oh, I, I, you'd have lost. You'd have lost. And I did not want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have. Because, yeah. you know, and I'm not trying to be winded. I know you got other callers. The worst thing that you can do as a, a, a custodial parent is to willfully make a decision to withhold access of a child that you both created together mm. without merit and there was no abuse there was nothing the only thing there was there was love and unfortunately she didn't want it and um but that's okay the greatest gift out of that pain was my daughter man and that will never be unwavered so, so thank you man i appreciate your transparency your 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 willingness to talk about this very difficult type of withholding and uh, man, just stay strong, stay rooted in your faith, your spirituality. I appreciate you for sharing. Always. Honolulu is in the Always. building because of you. Aloha, good Always. brother. Wow, oh. that was heavy. But it gets even heavier. Parental alienation 
is a strategy whereby one parent in intentionally displays to the child unjustified negativity aimed at the other parent. The purpose of this strategy is to damage the child's relationship with the other parent and to turn the child's emotions against the other parent. Now, you heard me read the stat about narcissism and how narcissism is believed to be 75% men of the 0.5% of the population of the United States that that clinically are diagnosed as having NPD. But what if we recontextualized our view of parental alienation? Is that not narcissism? To turn a child's emotions against a non-custodial parent? Now, when you look at the stats, who are the custodial parents? 80% are moms. Uh-oh. 20% are non or are fathers. Non-custodial parents or 80% are 80% of the non-custodial parents, right? Non-custodial parents are fathers, right? Only 20% of women don't have the kid. Only 20% of the dads have the kid. So when you look at past, that's the acronym for parental alienation syndrome 80 percent moms are doing it to dads talking whispering into a kid's ear molding the kid's mind flipping the kid's mind against their father could that be recontextualized as a type of narcissism we know it's withholding. You withholding a whole kid from their biological father. Now, in some instances, it's justified. If the father's a dope addict, violent, criminal, killer, get it. I get it. I understand. Keep that kid away from him. I understand. But if that father is Gerald from Honolulu... We don't really know Gerald, do we? Did I meet Gerald? Anyway, Gerald sounds like a real nice guy. So, wow, this is heavy, y'all. This is heavy. When I come forward, the voice of reason going back to the phone lines, Jacksonville, Florida, and, of course, Dallas, Texas. It's getting deep. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Ladies and gentlemen, your brother Zoe Williams back in the building in the throes of a very riveting discussion. Shame, blame, disrespect, betrayal, and the withholding of affection damage the roots from which love grows. Love can only survive these injuries if they are acknowledged, healed, and moved on from. That is Bryn Brown, the gifts of imperfection. The Road Less Traveled, a new psychology of love, traditional values, and spiritual growth is another quote that I have, but I'm going to save that one uh, for later in the show. 
But this is very interesting. You know, uh, the brother uh, who was just on the line from Hawaii, man, Gerald, that the man. And then to be able to weave that into parental alienation, keeping your child, withholding your child. We do a lot of damage to each other in relationships because we have yet to reconcile the truth of who we are. Uh, one brother earlier today, oh no, it was Gerald. When Gerald talked about knowing yourself and being true to yourself, a lot of people don't understand how difficult of a process that is. And every time you go into a relationship like lost about who you are, because it's hard to say this is what I want. And a lot of people struggle with what do you want, right? Most people want something really basic. You know what it is? Acceptance. Accept me. Don't reject me. Approve of me. Like me, right? And so when things pop up in their character that make people recoil or push back, they there's something wrong with you. You know, it, they take... Because it's hard to say to yourself, damn, she saw my demon. She saw my dragon. She saw the the fangs. She saw the venom. Ah." It's hard to just say, I'm sorry you saw that. Right? I'm not always in control of that part of me. I'm sorry you had to see that. And if you got to get away from me because you saw that, I totally understand. That's a that's a different level of accountability because I hear men grilling women about being accountable. But how accountable are you for that inner demon, that dragon you walk around with? Mm. Heavy stuff tonight. Let's get Mimi from Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, so I'm calling your show. <laughs> Hi, Mimi. Hey, Zoe. Hey, everyone. Does anybody say it better than I do? Nobody says it better than you. That's what Nobody, we, that's, baby. That is your theme music. Yes. Talk to me. Talk, <laughs> talk to me. What are your thoughts about tonight's topic? I think that if you are in a loving, happy Sexy relationship, marriage, partnership. Honestly, I don't think that we should be withholding intimacy from each other. Intimacy is, you know, it's mental, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's physical, just touch. And it's sexual. I mean, who are you yes, talking to, me? First <laughs> off, I'm a grown-ass man. Don't talk to me like that on the radio. You understand me? I'm sorry if you can't handle it, though. Listen, I got a woman. You understand? Okay. You're not going to lure me out with that voice now. (laughs) I'm happy for y'all. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with the whispering? This is how I sound all day long. Oh, velvet throat. Listen, what's (laughs) happening? What is going on? I'm just feeling a little freaky. Just let me have it. Don't make me put the hammer down, girl. I, oh, 
Don't make me. Don't make me. Don't. Make me. I'm feeling frisky already. Don't play with it. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Uh, don't play with me. I'm feeling very spicy tonight. Don't play with me. <laughs> well, thank you, Mimi, for the call. Uh, we appreciate your insight. What in the world? Andy done turned the music on. <laughs> Thank you, Mimi, for sharing your That's insight. It? Wow, they can't handle Mimi tonight. All not, right. Not, not this evening. We love Good you. We, we appreciate the call. When we come forward, I'm going to talk to my brother, Truemonger, from Dallas, Texas. Loving me right, giving me life all night. You could be telling me lies, making me cry, wasting my time the whole time. So just be careful what you take for granted. He's on fire tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Brothers and sisters. That is one of the greatest vocalists in the history of all music. Let us see. And even the legendary voices know it. Shaka Khan, Gladys Knight, they all know that Lettucey is one of the greatest voices in the history of music. And I wish they would stop withholding her credit. Huh? The industry withholds. We're talking about withholding tonight. Lettucey deserves to be elevated, right, alongside all the other greats. And it's unfortunate that uh, the sister hasn't gotten her just due. No disrespect to Beyonce, who's on that top list of singers. But Beyonce, better singer than Lettucey, 200 greatest singers. Hmm? I'm just saying. No disrespect to Beyonce. We love Beyonce. Beyonce, one of our sisters. But if we being real, if we being honest, they say, well, Lettucey's career is not the same. Well, can we talk about, and and I know a lot of people are going to be upset, Lettucey doesn't have the aesthetics that Beyonce has. That isn't to say Lettucey isn't an attractive woman. It's just that in this culture, African features are not really appreciated. Can we be honest about that? Huh? Different complexions, different protections. Some uh, Atala Phillips says in the chat room, this isn't trying to pit Lettucey against Beyonce. This is simply saying, are we going to elevate the greats among us? Beyonce is definitely a great, should be elevated. But I also believe that Lettucey should be elevated. An amazing talent. So let's get back to our relationship withholding topic. And a lot of people have been calling in tonight and really testifying. Let's get my brother, True Monger from Dallas, Texas. Get in here. Yes, sir. 
Yes, oh, sir. Man. Yes, this, sir. Let's go, this brother. Topic, <laughs> this topic here. Oh, man. <clears throat> I think some people do it intentionally, trying to get whatever they think they want or try to manipulate situations. And I think in many cases, it happens unintentionally. Mm. Those circumstances uh, happen and uh, all times happen, and then that affects the relationship. Um, a lot of men were not, like we talked about yesterday, a lot of men were not taught how to deal with certain emotions, how to properly affect uh, or effectively communicate those things. Mm-hmm. And they can ruin relationships. But I've experienced that. I've had, had that happen a couple of times. And you tend to learn more, at least in my experience, I learned more when I fell back from the situation and, from, and looked at it once I was out of it and realized what it really was. Because when you're in the middle of it, in the, in the heat of it, you, you may not be understanding each other's perspectives or where each other is coming from during that time. And the communication can get bad. Things fall out. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, situations happen. And then you, if you get a chance to reflect on it, you can kind of un- you can understand where that person was coming from. Right. Or how they felt in the situation. Right. Um, now, let, me, have, let yeah. me ask you a couple okay. of questions, though, True. You tell me what you think. I think because men, going back to your point about men's uh, emotional, low emotional IQ overall. I'm not saying all men. You you already know we use some but all, some but not all. But a lot of men have low emotional IQ. And when you have Mm -hmm. low emotional IQ, you tend to lean heavily on, you know, gender roles. In relationship, gender role responsibilities, right? A man po to do this, and a man po to do that, and a man, and then this was a man, and then, you know that kind of stuff, right? Now, I I feel like <clears throat> coupled with the fact that we live in a capitalist, materialistic society, that we tend to try to control based on the resources we have, because again. Withholding doesn't have to be just emotions or communication or grace or understanding. It could also be resources. It could also be I'm the man and this is how it goes. Or you got to find somebody else that's willing to support you or protect you or provide for you. What are your thoughts? I can see that. I think a lot of of people do operate that way. Um, That wasn't the case with me. Uh, it was a case where my demon was starting to come out. My shadow self was coming out. Situations was getting bad. Um, it got to a point where anything I was asking or suggesting or trying to get done didn't seem to be doing any good. Uh, so I kind of suppressed myself in, the, in that situation mm-hmm. because Things were crumbling around. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it could get straight. And, you know, when things happened, everything fell apart. And then my health declined during that time as well. So that just added on to it. So a lot of insecurities would come up. And you try to rectify it and make things right. But, you know, that shadow self was 
creeping around. That demon was creeping around. So it was kind of difficult to communicate what I was going through at that time. Wait, and let's let's get deeper because you because oh. we called it a demon. Let's call it a demon library. Okay. Because there's books in that shadow realm, psychological books, emotional books, right. experiential books that you have to go access to learn more about yourself. And the reason why mm-hmm. I'm 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 putting library on top of the demon piece because the connotation of demon scares people so badly, I fear that it'll reinforce their fear and make them not want to go into the shadow. But you have to go okay. into the the shadow to extrapolate these spirit books that relate to exactly who you are. Go deeper, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And as I while I'm in the middle of experiencing that, like I said, like I was saying, it was kind of hard to express what I was dealing with because in that moment, you really don't want, in my case, you really don't want to admit that that's what you're dealing with. You want to keep, you want that person to look at you like you're still strong, like you can still handle things. But at the same time, it was difficult because I was barely, I was holding on to it by a thread. Mm-hmm. But it was hard to, communicated at that time because I was judging myself and I was worried about being judged because mm. of it, mm. because of how it was affecting things. And then I had to really step out, I had to step outside of myself and be honest about what was happening to really start to not defeat it, but to start to get out of that, if that makes sense. No, it does And then I got to the point where I got to the point where I was no longer critiquing myself or judging myself behind the word, behind what it was, I was just being honest about what it was mm. and where I was at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to start communicating that without judgment, without putting myself down, beating myself up. And it doesn't take away from how I made those people feel. I'll never diminish how those situations made them feel, even though the, there was no ill intention behind it. It just had to be honest about what happened and whether they could understand it. Because I think at the time, we both failed to understand what was going on with each other. And in that, in that instance, failed to be able to support one another with what we, what we were both dealing with. Mm-hmm. And we both had to get to that point to where we can have honest communication about it and not judge each other about it. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's a process, man. A lot of people don't want to go through that. They just want, like you were speaking on earlier, people want to just want to refer back to those gender roles to say, "Oh, I'm supposed to do this, and you're supposed to do that." I'm like, man, at the end of the day, we can talk about what we want and how we can handle things, but we never really know until we get in those situations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they're gonna reveal things about you. But see, but you but true. Not- this goes back to that point. I, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off, brother, because, you know, no, I love our, our back and forth. This is why I say a lot mm-hmm. of brothers hide behind gender roles. When we look up mm-hmm. the definition of the traditional relationship model, which is gender role centric, it has no de- within its definition. There is nothing about. You know, the self and self-responsibility and who you are and self-inquiry and you know going inside and dealing with yourself 
All it does is talk about what you are responsible for per your gender within the construct of a traditional relationship. So what happens is men in general get to say, well, I'm not going to look at me. As long as I'm doing my duty according to the definition of a traditional relationship, you really ain't got nothing to say to me. I am fulfilling my masculine man job by keeping the bills paid, by making sure you have resources you need, and then you neglect yourself. You have, listen, man, talk to me, brother. Talk to me, man. I'm listening. I'm guilty. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I was like that for for quite a while, mm. and I had to step back and check myself, like because even the strong, the strongest people had, even had their breaking points, and I broke. Mm. I completely broke, man. And it was still hard to explain that because you, it's there's certain things that at certain t- points in your life. So wait, you true. You realize, I, true. Let me yeah. ca- let me carry you over, and I want you to remember that thought. Okay. There's certain points in your life that you realize that's where you stop. When we come forward, true is going to finish that thought. Is it good to you? Good to you? More voice of reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Ladies and brothers, let him hit. Welcome back into the intellectual dojo known as the VOR, the voice of reason, here live on KBLA Talk 1580. Tonight's topic has been a doozy, and my brother Truemonger was in the right in the throes of a very deep point. True, can you finish that up and wrap it up for us? Yeah, I was saying at some point you get to the point where you can be honest with yourself about the things you were dealing with and be able to express it. And then as you continue to grow, if you're still in contact with those people, you can effectively have that conversation with them and give them your perspective about what happened. Just be transparent. Mm -hmm. And if that person really rocked with you, more than likely they'll understand where you were coming from. Mm -hmm. You understand what they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. And then you can go from there. And then whatever happens from there, that point, Y'all can be cool, right. you know. Whatever and, happens, happens going forward. Right, and that's and, it, and that's even you, that's even if you get the opportunity to even come back into the same space and have that conversation. Right, right, because right, that doesn't always happen. So, right. in those in cases like that, you just have to accept what it is. But right. if you get the opportunity to make to at least get some clarity mm-hmm. in the situations, then you can. Both, I think both parties will be good going forward, regardless of whatever happens after that. Man, Brother True, we appreciate you for being on the line. We appreciate you for getting on the show, and we appreciate you for cooking with the rarest avocado oil. Thank you, Brother Man. We appreciate you. Call in any time. You already know you got a seat at the table. Uh, now, Marianne Williamson says it this way. Withholding love is a form of self-sabotage. As what we withhold from others, we are withholding from ourselves. Again, this is the relationship as a mirror concept. What we withhold from others, 
we are withholding from ourselves. And a lot of people don't understand that because a lot of people don't understand the purpose of relationship. The purpose of relationship is to discover self. Why? Because it is a spiritual dynamic that reflections or reflections that come from your partner, you see it as perturbations or disruptions, but really those are reflections. What do you mean, Zoe? They reflect the things you have yet to work on. This is why they perturb you. Real love amounts to withholding. Listen, listen, I want y'all to hear this because people don't understand. It amounts to withholding nothing. This is what vulnerability means. Now, some people will tell you on the vulnerable side, oh, you can't share everything. And I'm not saying that you're supposed to share everything. I'm saying when it's time to share, be open. Be open. And now what happens is you find out if that person is worthy only after you've shared and that's okay because that's a learning process and a lot of people don't want to learn that lesson they want the they want assurances and guarantees but this is not how a relationship works sometimes you got to fall on your face to recognize that you're standing on something <laughs> hey 1-800-920-1580 i'm zoe williams the voice of reason you know i like to cook ralph waldo emerson puts it this way the love that you withhold is the pain that you carry i know people don't want to hear that i know you don't want to hear it i know you don't want to hear it that way you feel justified in doing it but that's not how it works you'll never receive love by withholding it you'll never receive grace by withholding it you'll never receive appreciation by not giving it to yourself all inside stuff I started the conversation. You finish it. Zoe Williams, the voice of reason, shall return tomorrow with another knee slapper of a topic. Stay tuned. We on fire. And I want you to pay attention. Ariva Martin and the replay of Les Brown, the great motivator. We've still got a lot to talk about. Always say that you'll be there for me, there for me. Or you better treat me carefully, carefully. Look, I was here before all of this. Guess you acting now, now you got an audience. Tell me where your mind is. Drop a pin, what's the coordinates? You might have a fortune, but you lose me. You still gonna be misfortunate. Tell me. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.